Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is finally in theaters. Have you seen the film? Tell me how you feel about it. Do you think it's the greatest Spider-Man film of all time? I will tell you how I feel very shortly. Here's how the episode's going to go down today. Number one, I'm going to give you my thoughts, have a discussion. It'll be fun. Then we'll transition to a ranking. Because now, including Across the Spider-Verse, there is now 10 Spider-Man films, and I thought it'd be fun to see where Across the Spider-Verse fits in there. So my thoughts. To kind of preface how I feel before I get into the thick of it, number one, spoilers, you've been warned. I've always preferred live action to animation. I'm not one of these cinema snobs that doesn't respect it as an art form. I absolutely respect it as an art form. And I, and I think that this conversation of, oh, it's only for kids, I think that is ridiculous. Even the, even the animated films you can point to that would be probably considered geared more towards children and families, there are mature story beats in there for adults that, that, that adults can recognize and relate to. But then there's, there's a lot of very mature R-rated content on the animated side. So I, I've never been one of these people that disrespect it as an art form in that regard, absolutely not. Just my taste specifically, I've always just preferred live action. And with the first film, Into the Spider-Verse, I thought it was cute. I thought it was fun. Pretty interesting way how they approach the multiverse as a concept. Because we know that that's, uh, that is sort of the MacGuffin right now in terms of comic book films the flash is is using is uh, is dealing with the multiverse marvel is in the multiverse saga and we know that there's a lot of future storytelling that's going to involve the multiverse across the spider-verse probably is the best multiverse comic book film we've had yet it used the multiverse in a way that i don't think has been done before benefited the storytelling it didn't take away from it it didn't feel like there there wasn't stakes it did the opposite and yeah just i this film across the spider-verse i went in with limited expectations because of how i just explained how i felt about the first film i was looking forward to it but i didn't expect to 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 be blown away like a lot of the other reviews have 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 explained the last episode we broke down the reviews from Rotten Tomatoes and they were you know they they were calling it the best multiverse film like I just said calling it the best comic book film and and I asked the question you know do you guys think that that is hyperbole that is that's just overhype and and I would probably lean toward and I I did I lean towards no because of the massive massive success of that first film. Yeah, I didn't feel the same as everybody else, but the majority of people consider that first film Into the Spider-Verse to be like a top five comic book film of all time. Like I'm talking Dark Knight, uh, Endgame, Infinity War, like they think it's in that conversation. I don't feel the same way, but because of that success and that popularity that that first film gained, I didn't expect, you know, overhyped in terms of how people feel about it. And uh, I will certainly say it is not, I don't think it's the best Spider-Man film of all time, but it's up there, man. Like across the Spider-Verse was, was really, really good. I, 
I, I thought it was a great film. Like, it's it's one of the best animated films of all time. I, I don't... It truly just blows my mind how the filmmakers bring something like this together. Like, this is truly unlike anything I've ever seen from, from a visual perspective. Like, even the opening credits of the film, before the... the before the when the lights go down and the film is starting you see the bottom right you see a little a little cough animated prompt to the right like little little things like that like i just truly a a work of art it was incredible believe the hype it's real um it it, is just it's it's an awesome film from the characters you know gwen stacy in this film miles they continue to just grow and pick up where they left off in the first film. We see both of these characters struggling to deal with their own families and, and you know, that duality of being Spider-Man and being a part of your family. And I really liked how Gwen Stacy specifically wasn't just there to be the romantic uh, character for Miles. She very much felt like an individual character and she's just as important to the story as miles is himself but the mvp of the movie for me was spider-man 2099 i thought he was the coolest character in the entire film um oscar isaac the voice acting is incredible uh as soon as we meet him and spider-woman they're they're her him and spider-woman are probably my two favorite characters in the entire film i Love them. They were they were awesome. Like it's if you are a Spider-Man fan, if you've watched the animated shows, if if you've read the comics, if you've obviously if you've seen all the other movies with Toby and Andrew and Tom Holland, this film is just made for you. You will notice the little Easter eggs. You'll notice all the video game as well. I've never played the video game, but a friend of mine who's a really big fan of the game. Uh, I, he was grinning ear to ear when he, when he had his cameo, like there's just, this is a truly amazing film and it was just fun. Like if that, that's really the best way I can put it. I'm not going to try and sit here and break it down frame by frame and, and talk about the writing and the cinematography. I'm not, that's not how I give a review for the film. I respect the people that do. That's just not how I approach it. I just talk about how I feel. And I had fun. I walked out feeling happy, feeling joyful. It, it's 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 true. It truly was an escape. That is what movies are. Movies are an escape. You get to escape the mundane, you know, reality of, of your day-to-day problems. And this film really just made me feel temporarily just happy and and, and surprised. I watch a lot of movies. I've become a little bit more cynical over the years. I I am harder to to please, I guess. Um, I still enjoy movies, don't get me wrong, but it's nice every now and then when you go into a film not expecting much and you walk out totally just blown away. And that's truly how I felt with this film. And yeah, I mean, some of the other things I could talk about here... Um, Miles Morales as well. I mean, I've talked about him already, but it seems like Amy Pascal has teased that he's going to be getting a live action film. And I mean, the writing is on the wall. The fans want it. He's, he's grown in terms of popularity wise. People love this character. I don't see the voice actor. Uh, I, I'm not too sure what his name is. I don't see him playing the live action version. He just, he looks with all due respect, he just looks a little bit 
older. Uh, this is a character that would be around that 14 to 15 range. And as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, it seems like the MCU is setting him up to to is setting up Tom Holland to be that mentor to Miles Morales, which only makes sense. The conversations are probably going to be something like, oh, you know, I've I've learned a lot being Spider-Man over the years. I've fought with the Avengers. I've fought with I've fought with other spy. I've learned from the other Spider-Man throughout the multiverse. I can teach you a few things, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much all all I can really say. We'll, we'll jump into the ranking here. Uh, yeah, check it out, guys. It is the hype is real. It's it's a true work of art. If I had to give it a letter grade, I would probably give it a B plus. Here, I'll, I'll I'll give the fans the Anthony Fantano review style because I actually like the way he 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 reviews things. He reviews things as like a at a ten. I like to give a letter grade, but he likes to go like a for example, he'll say like a strong six, a light seven. I'm gonna go strong B plus, gearing kind of trending towards a soft A, a soft A minus. What? Well, fuck it. We'll just call it. I am. I am right now without seeing the film again. I haven't seen the film twice. I'm gonna give this film a B plus. I thought it was great, and I think now that's a good time to transition into the ranking. So I've given this ranking a lot of thought, <clears throat> and we're gonna start from the bottom. We're gonna start with ten. Before I get into this list, I want to recognize that there hasn't been a single Spider-Man film that I have hated, that I have even thought is like like bad. I think even number 10, which I'll get into in a sec, I think even the 10th film on this list, there are certain qualities that I enjoy. There are some redeeming factors. I just don't think it's as good as some of the films ahead of it. So number 10 is Spider-Man Far From Home. To me, this film felt like it was just the bridge to No Way Home. It pretty much was because No Way Home pretty much happens because of Mysterio exposing the identity of Peter Parker. But as a film in general, it just it just it feels just very forgettable. It just feels like it was a movie. It was it was the epilogue to Endgame. Um, it's just, it doesn't have really any memorable factors to it. It just kind of feels like one of these MCU films that just comes out to set up the next one. And I'm a diehard MCU fan. You guys know I am. If you've listened to this podcast before, I've waxed Rhapsodic all the time about the MCU. I've talked to, I have Ant-Man of the Wasp, Quantumania, very high on my all-time list. I love that film. So, and I know a lot of people hate it. So, this is coming from 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 an MCU stand, but Spider-Man: Far From Home for me just feels like kind of it, it just it just feels like it's just there to bridge the story to No Way Home. That's just how I feel. But there are redeeming qualities of it. I think that that third act sequence when Mysterio was really fucking with Spider-Man, and we see Spider-Man in this like dimension and he comes across Tony Stark's grave like that was a that was a pretty like fun fight scene but the characters itself like Mysterio just kind of felt like 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 a fool like Jake Gyllenhaal is a great actor but the character itself is just there because he has this vendetta against Tony Stark and because Tony Stark is gone his essentially the next person he can take out that's directly tied to Tony Stark is 
Peter Parker. And I don't know. I just, I'm not the biggest fan of that film. So not terrible, not bad. There are some, there are some, you know, redeeming qualities. Um, Mysterio in terms of the action fight scenes with Mysterio and Spider-Man, I think were probably the, the, some of the highlights of that film. But for me, it's probably my least favorite Spider-Man film of all time. Number nine, this is, I know this is going to shock a lot of people because so many people have this film right up there. Number nine is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. As I mentioned, I thought it was cute. I, I thought it was fun for what it was, but I didn't walk out of the theater feeling like this was one of the best things I've ever seen. So yeah, there's really not much to say. Number nine, Into the Spider-Verse. Number eight, The Amazing Spider-Man. Now, over the years... To, or excuse me, Andrew's films have really grown on me. Like they, they have grown on me quite significantly from when I first watched them. However, the amazing Spider-Man really just feels like it's repeating the same story beats from the, from, from the first Sam Raimi film. We obviously see uncle Ben die. We see him going through high school, being a outsider and, and, and getting rejected and, and not fitting in. And then we see him becoming Spider-Man and, and working his way, finding his way, getting his suits and getting his early suit concepts. Like we, we went through it again. It just felt like we were kind of repeating the same thing that we had already seen. Number seven, Spider-Man Homecoming. Overall, aside from No Way Home, which is up is up there on the list, I actually think I've enjoyed Tom Holland's portrayal as Spider-Man in the other Marvel movies more so than his own films. And it's kind of similar to Iron Man. The first Iron Man is great. Two and three are kind of ass. And I think some of my favorite Iron Man moments are him in other Marvel films rather than his own. And I feel very similar to Tom Holland's version of Spider-Man. Look, I I like Homecoming. I think it's fun. Uh, But I, I... I don't know. I just, it was certainly different. And, and to its credit, it didn't repeat the same story beats. We pick up, he's already Spider-Man and this film focuses more on him dealing with being a high schooler rather than uncle Ben dying, him coming up with the prototype suit, you know, working out the, you know, the, the growing pains of being Spider-Man. He is already Spider-Man. We met him in civil war. Uh, and and we're picking up sort of him trying to become an Avenger. So I'll give it credit there. It's different in, in terms of something we haven't seen from a storytelling perspective. But Michael Keaton as a villain just felt like a guy that was just, once again, mad at the Avengers, mad at Tony Stark for having all this money, this wealth, and, and you know, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. I don't love it. I know a lot of people have it up there on the ranking, but for me, it's number seven. Number six, I know this is probably going to shock a lot of you because most people have this Spider-Man film as the as their least favorite. And I think this film is the most overhated Spider-Man film out of the entire franchise, and that is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I I think people it's 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 not the it's not the best, obviously. It's number six. And it has its issues, it gets a little bit over convoluted it's trying to set up the sinister six and and we know sony at the time at this time they still hadn't they still were making the original spider-man films 
outside of the MCU and they were trying to build their own cinematic universe and they were really just trying to rush the process by setting up Ravencroft and you know the Sinister Six and all that so I, I recognize its problems but I think the relationship and the dynamic between Gwen Stacy and Andrew Garfield was just so f- fucking great in this film like and 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 it was tragic when she died. Like it broke my fucking heart. And Andrew, I think Andrew is probably the best actor. Like I'm just talking actor in general. He's probably the best actor who has played Spider-Man so far. I'm just saying, if you look at their other work, their other experience and his performance was probably the most emotional take we've seen as Peter Parker, as Spider-Man. So and, and and even some of the villains. I mean, look, I, I know the, <laughs> the Green Goblin was was kind of shoehorned in this film, but even some of the the fight sequences between that on like the, the sort of bell tower between Peter Parker or Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker and then Dane DeHaan's Green Goblin. Like, I thought that was pretty entertaining. It was some of the best visual effects I've seen on any Spider-Man film. Even the stuff with him and Elektra. I know Elektra was a goofy character with Jamie Foxx and all that. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, I think this film gets hated on a little too much. It certainly has its issues as all of these films do. Even my number one Spider-Man film has its problems. And I'll talk about that shortly, but let's move on to number five. So the top five here, number five, Spider-Man three. Once again, a lot of people hate this film. I can totally acknowledge some of its issues, but it came out when I was seven years old and it holds a very special place in my heart. I, I, my mom took me out to see it when I was in fucking grade three, whatever. It just, it's, it came out when I was a kid, so it came out at, at the right time for me. And it's just kind of a guilty pleasure. It's certainly campy. It certainly got the same Raimiisms as do some of these other, you know, same Raimi films that are on the list that are up high. Um, but you know what? There are a lot of redeeming factors. Like I think the stuff with Sandman has been some of the best character development of all time like I, I i love the stuff with sandman um obviously venom was terrible but i also like the dynamic between um harry and 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 peter i i think that stuff was great toby mcguire obviously the stuff with, i'm gonna put some, some dirt in your eyes been memed to death at this point but it's a guilty pleasure for me i really really like it so it's number five here we go number four is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I think this film, as I talked about, is a work of art. It's unlike anything I've seen from an animation perspective, even from a story perspective with how they use the multiverse. I thought it was incredible. So for me, I'm not really going to talk about it any longer. Uh, Number four, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Top three, here we go. Excuse me. (laughs) Number three, Spider-Man 2. What can I say? I mean, at this point, the these final three films are... Honestly, these final four, really. Across the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. They're all amazing. Like, I, I really love them. I, the only thing that's kind of separating them is just kind of my experience with them. Every time I watch them and and when I, when I watch them and what age and, and, and whatever... This is incredible. I mean, we're, we, we pick up from Spider-Man 1... We have the origin story of the way, and, and he's just being Peter Parker and trying to juggle, working, his, making ends meet, living in his studio apartment, and trying to 
you know, uh, make make things work with MJ and and trying to get good grades in school, and then he meets Doc Ock, and I think Doc Ock is one of the best villains we've seen in, in any comic book film, so it, it hits that number three. Number two, Spider-Man No Way Home. This film doesn't get enough credit for the story that's being told beyond all the cameos and everything like that. This was such a clever way to tell the current Peter Parker we have, Tom Holland. This was essentially... His thir- the third film was his origin story. When we pick up in Spider-Man 1, this that that's truly when we're going to see the Peter Parker that is struggling to, similar to what I just talked about, Spider-Man 2, living on his own, having no one else to depend on but himself, having to work a shitty job, can barely make ends meet. We're going to get that after three films because he's gone through fighting with the Avengers. He's had his mentor. He's had his Uncle Ben's in air quotes, so to speak, as Robert Downey Jr. He's lost him. And he essentially got mentored by the two other Spider-Man. So he's 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 been a sponge. And now I think we're at a point where we're almost ready to start the like to start the trilogy. I know we've had a trilogy, but it's almost like now we're really we're ready to get Tom Holland's true trilogy of Spider-Man films, and it was because of this third film in No Way Home. And I actually really like all the stuff we get in this film leading up to the eventual uh, you know appearances of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. I think that stuff with MJ and, and obviously we get Daredevil and I th- truly I think that this film doesn't get enough credit for the overall story that's being told beyond the flashy cameos and having all the villains come in. But even that stuff with Toby and Andrew, I think only serve to the story. Yes, it's fan service. Yes, it's it's there to put a smile on our face, but it, it, it added to the story itself. And it was incredible. Like, I loved it. Number one, the original Spider-Man. I mean, I would say the original Spider-Man is probably tied with Batman Begins as the two greatest origin stories ever told on screen. I think it's incredible. I know the film is dated and there's some there's a little bit of goofy things with some of the visual effects, but I I it's always it's always going to be number 1 for me. I this film is just incredible. It was the it was one of the first live action comic book films we had gotten at that time that had really broken the kind of ground and popularity that we that we see that's very common today in comic book films like it's it, it's it's amazing. I mean, there's really not much else I can say about that. That is gonna wrap up my list, guys. And uh, and 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 yeah, before we conclude the episode, I want to talk a little bit more about Amy Pascal, talking about the future of Tom Holland and Spider-Man Four. And you know, I mentioned what she said about Miles Morales, but there's also a lot of other chatter about some some more Spider-Man films in development as well. But that's my list, guys. I know a lot of you are going to disagree, probably with things like Into the Spider-Verse, how I have it that low. A lot of you are probably going to be surprised about how I feel about The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Totally fine. Let's have a conversation. Let me know um, if there is a comment section on these podcasting apps. I don't really know. But let's get into this Amy Pascal news because I think it's pretty interesting. So anytime a new Spider-Man film comes out, Amy Pascal, who is one of the head producers of Pascal Pictures, who is, you know... Her company produces most of the Spider-Man films at Sony. Um, she's usually making headlines, making comments about, you know, revealing a little bit too much that's, you know, going on behind the scenes. And there's that iconic meme when they were doing press for Homecoming. Kevin Feige's sort of side-eyeing Amy Pascal. She just, 
verbal diarrhea is coming out of her mouth and she's probably sharing a little bit more than she should be. And uh, that, that was sort of happening here. She was spilling the tea on the status of Tom Holland. She was talking about how there will be a live-action Miles Morales film. I think she said, don't quote me on this, but I think she said that it's all happening, meaning like Miles, uh, live-action Spider-Woman, um, and uh, and then other i think there's even other titular characters that are getting their own spin-off films as well it seems like for the first time in a while sony might actually have a roadmap to to where they're going with all these spin-offs because we have craven coming out which i haven't talked about as well that's going to be the sony's first r-rated spider-man spider-verse film that actually kind of excites me i'm not gonna lie to you because craven is a very violent character and I, i think while it can be done in a pg-13 rating i think uh just kind of Letting the chain a little bit, you know, you know, letting them go off the leash a bit and going with an R rating, I think will be pretty, uh, pretty cool. We have the Venom films, obviously, and then we have Madam Web coming out next year. They could have some sort of a plan, maybe. Who knows? But they talked about Spider-Man Four, and they said that it is happening. There will be another film, just because, of, but because of the writer's strike, it's on pause, which makes sense. Do you guys want John Watts to come back? That's something that I'm curious of. If there is going to be a new trilogy of Spider-Man films, which I, I think there probably will be. I don't think they're just going to do a fourth film and end it there. There probably is going to be three more films. For me, I, I, I think they should get a different director in this time. I like John Watts. I didn't think he, I didn't think what he did overall was amazing. He had one great, one amazing movie out of the three. I think No Way Home was, as I just said, I think it's the second best Spider-Man film of all time. So that was obviously incredible. But what he did with Homecoming and Far From Home was just, was just okay for me. I, I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was better than really. Uh, overall, I don't think they're better than the Andrew films, and they're certainly not better than than the Toby films. That's just me. Do you guys want to see somebody else step in? Should Sam Raimi come back? Should he come back? Should he direct these films? I don't think that's going to happen. Not to get on a side note, actually, because I just thought about this. There's a lot of rumors going around that the final names that are that are being considered to direct Secret Wars is Daniel Disson Cretton, who's going to be directing the Kang Dynasty. He's being considered now to direct Secret Wars. And then right up there is, is uh, John Watts and Sam Raimi. What do you guys think about that? To be honest with you, I I would probably out of the three, if I could only pick out of the three, I would probably go with Destin Daniel Crutton. I do not want Sam Raimi directing uh, Secret Wars. I like Sam Raimi. I obviously I loved what he did with Spider Man, but handling an Avengers film, I think that's that's a tall order. And I don't with his style, with his campy, quirky, you know, tendencies that he has in a lot of his comic book films I don't I don't think I really want that in Secret Wars and with John Watts I'd be a little bit more comfortable with John Watts but once again I just I haven't been blown away enough or or loved his films enough overall aside from No Way Home to really be excited for him to direct uh um to direct Secret Wars Daniel Dis- Daniel Dustin Cretton directed Shang-Chi. I didn't love Shang-Chi either, but what makes me a little bit more confident in him is how he dealt with those characters and with, and and there wasn't there wasn't as much humor, there wasn't as much like 
there was levity, but at the right times, it wasn't taking away from the story. And how he directed the fight scenes and the choreography was incredible in Shang-Chi. That is something I can truly say. Some of the some of the best action set pieces in all of the MCU was in Shang-Chi. I thought it was amazing. So, yeah. Uh, let me know what you guys think about this Spider-Man news. We have a live-action Miles Morales film coming in the, sh- in, in the near future, probably within the next five years, I think we'll have that film. Do you guys think it's going to be in the MCU? Do you think Sony is going to use that as their main Spider-Man to connect to all these, you know, the Venom, the, Mo- the Morbius, the Madam Web, all these other films? Do you think that's going to be what they're going to do ultimately is is put Miles, Miles Morales at the center of that? Um, and then are you excited for Spider-Man 4? Could Miles be introduced in Spider-Man 4? That is certainly a possibility. Um, yeah, so that's probably going to wrap up today's episode. A little bit shorter, uh, but I really just wanted to come in here to talk about Across the Spider-Verse and share my thoughts. I'm sure with another viewing, my thoughts might change a little bit, but I think for the most part, they're, they're I, I think I have a, a clear enough head to give an honest review and an honest take on the film. Everyone, thank you for watching. If you stuck around for this long, I know it was pretty all over the place. It wasn't, like I said, when I do these reviews, they're they're mostly just a discussion as if you and I were just talking about the film, sitting on the couch, drinking some 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 soda. It's not really a, you know, like like a film professor here. I'm I'm just I'm just a dude that's just talking about this stuff. So if it's not the most clear, then not the most concise, then you're in the wrong place. But if you stuck around for this long. Thank you for listening. More podcasts on the way very shortly. I will see you guys in the Wednesday episode. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. I'll see you on the next one.